welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and as always, I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can be part of the Peaceful Ease podcast, and we love when you call in and add your voice to the show. And you can do that via the Peaceful Ease hotline, which is available 24-7, 365. You just dial the number 424-625-5562. Again, that's 424-625-5562. You can also email us if you'd like to email. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com is the email address. And to keep up with ELA and all things Peaceful Ease, PeacefulEase.com is the website. Ela, it's so great to be back with you today. How are you? I'm good, Mario. Nice to see you and welcome everyone. I'm still in Mallorca, continuing my retreat and it's going to be six months almost. Wow. It's time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. Like I left LA in June and I thought I'll be back in September and here we are. I'm still in the mountains, still continuing the work and discovering more and really being shaped by this process. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's great that you spent that time. Like when we met, you were in LA. It seems like I've known you for a lifetime, but it seems like so long ago. And you've been on this journey of self-awareness and just uncovering more about yourself and getting to know yourself better. And I think that that's so valuable, not only for you to be able to know yourself better at a deeper level, but also to help other people come to some same revelation about themselves awareness-wise. And believe it or not, everyone I know, whether friends or family, have been on a similar journey simultaneously. Like, okay, they haven't taken maybe time off from work six months and go on a retreat like I did. But everyone, when I speak with people, is in a different place, in a better place than before. And that makes me so happy as if we are all supporting each other and that we are all on the same boat together. That frequency, right? When you get on that frequency, then the people in proximity tend to, even if they're not on the same exact level that you are, things tend to balance each other out. Yeah. And the only people I happen to meet now, they're like on the same boat again, because like this house belongs to a family, like I mentioned. And apparently the lady who inherited it is a psychologist. And it's managed by another German lady who is a therapist. So somehow we find each other everywhere. Yeah, there you go. You just, you're attracting those types of people and those circumstances to yourself. And that house, is it starting to feel like home? It is feeling like home. And it's apparently more than 100 years old. It was built in at the end of 19th century. And it's been with this family for a long time. So it's really comfortable here. It doesn't matter what happens. It's, it feels very 
natural to be here somehow. That house has seen a lot happen in the world. I know. I know. I think more than we can imagine because still things happen. You know, sometimes the main door is kicked open by the wind as if someone kicked it from outside and the curtains fly, the lights are turning themselves on and off. But like I said, I may not be alone, but everyone is minding their own business here. (laughs) Do you think the longer something is around, like a structure, a house, an object even, the longer it's around, the more energy it takes on, the more it takes on personality and almost like a life of its own? Good question. I think there can be more accumulation. I think that's natural. And I also feel that generally when I feel such a clean energy in a place, people often tell me that this wasn't used before or our own apartment in Berlin is a top floor apartment and it's right by the Berlin wall. It's like 20 steps away from it and it's in the east part. So what used to be the east part. And but the first time I entered that space, it was such a clean energy. And I thought, well, there were so many people suffering on that part of Berlin back then. How come this place has such a clear energy? And they said, oh, this was a storage place. It was never used as an apartment. And this happened to me a few times where I go to a place and I feel, oh, this this feels really good here. It's so spacious, so open. And people say, oh, this was empty before. So I do believe what you're saying is true, that there's an accumulation overall with time. An accumulation that can lead to, well, different. I mean, typically, if you go to places that have seen a lot of violence or a lot of sickness or sadness, there's that feeling, right? That you had, like, you were telling the story about when you were walking through the woods and you just had that feeling. You remember when you told that story? I mean, it's just amazing the different, it's hard to explain. It's just that feeling of accumulated energy. And I think all human beings are attuned to it somehow, some more so than others, especially if you come to those levels of awareness like you have. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how not only other people, but places and objects can kind of take on personality as well. Absolutely. And I must say, one of the creepiest places I've ever been to was in the US. I've been to many places, you know, (laughs) like in China, India, and I went for walks alone in the woods in the forest and not I've done some not very wise things but the weirdest energy I ever experienced in my life was in a place between Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon there's a very small kind of village in between called Wilsonia now I don't want to upset anyone there but it was really a creepy place (laughs) because I think we were there partially in the wrong season and there were actually signs saying area closed do not enter and I was with Brian my husband and and my puppy and me being me I was like okay I want to see what's there why is it closed (laughs) do not enter of course I'm going there (laughs) you know me (laughs) and uh, we walked in we went through the kind of like the signs and As we walked in, my dog actually stopped. She didn't want to walk further. And I was like, oh, what's up with you? Let me pick you up. But she looked uncomfortable. I was like, okay, let me pick you up. And as we walked in further and further, this energy was so weird. And visually, it was also weird because there was so much snow. This happened this year, actually. There was so much snow left. And the place was very empty. There were like very small cabins around, not 
very well looked after, I would say, not very well maintained. There were maybe 50 cars or so parked in front of these cabins, but you could see that they'd been parked for a while because the snow had accumulated on the cars and there were like no tire marks anywhere. And there was this school bus parked in the back of the village. And there were a lot of signs saying, slow down, children at play. And we walked in this place an hour and a half and I didn't see a single person. And that was really eerie. <laughs> and the energy was like, as if there was, as if we were being watched, but we couldn't tell from which direction. And Brian is normally not that sensitive, but even he was like, oh, this is a bit weird here. And I really felt that there was something dormant almost there that was not active, but that it was there. And I can't explain anything. And later on, we Googled it. And it's, it says like on Wikipedia, there are actually five residents and it doesn't belong to the park. It's not a part of the national park. It's some private land that perhaps people use it as a holiday kind of home, these cabins. But then why were there 50 cars parked? And if so, like you, you may think maybe people left their car, but why would they leave it for the winter? There? How did they get back and all that? It just didn't add up. <laughs> were the cars like newer cars or were they older models that have been sitting for a long time? <laughs> that would be creepier. No, they were just random new cars, you know, like ordinary cars. It wasn't from like 19th century kind of horse carts and stuff. Buggies <laughs> with horse skeletons. No, that's, that's interesting. That's really, yeah. Then just places take on that. You said there's five residents? Apparently, it says on Wikipedia. That's very specific. I know. And there are like hundreds of little cabins here and there and no sign of life. So it was really, you never know what you're going to find and where. You know, I've been to some very remote places and traveled alone in Mexico. But it was surprising to have such an experience in the U.S. and in Sequoia, which is a beautiful place. And it's really, the energy there is beautiful with the trees and all. Mm -hmm. Well, for someone like yourself, who's so aware and has that level of awareness, if you felt that uncomfortable, it probably was pretty overwhelmingly energetically just not on the same vibration as very different than the place that you're in right now where you've admitted that there's some strange things that happen but it's a very calming very nurturing very um high vibration atmosphere yeah it's funny you say that for me the fact that brian could feel it was a sign of the energy being excessively wrong because i'm so sensitive i talk about energy all the time as if it's just like everyone can feel it can't they you know when i walk into a room just i feel the differences between the rooms but for brian it doesn't mean anything he just nods generally and thinks oh okay here, here's my wife speaking about things again <laughs> but there he was also like okay this feels wrong here this is a bit disturbing let's get out i was like okay you're right well, yeah, I think everything's energy, right? Everything is made from energy. And I think that, you know, you just have certain feelings at times that you it can you can't explain it, but you feel it and you know that it either feels good or it doesn't feel so good. And I think that some people ignore those feelings and are good at doing that or just they're not super overwhelming to them. And other people are very, very sensitive to them and they feel them you know, almost amplified 
mm-hmm. as to what they are. And I think the more aware you become, the stronger those feelings get. And the more you trust them, the stronger they get. So like one of the exercises I recommend during the workshops, if anyone is interested in discovering this aspect, you know, in the end, emotions, feelings have been around longer than thoughts. You know, if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, we survived first by feeling the danger. Whereas now we think about things and that- to add to that, because you just sparked a really strong idea is that, and I've said this quite often, emotions did come before thoughts. And I haven't ever heard anyone say that statement, but I know that a thought in and of itself has very little power. But when you back a thought with emotion, it becomes infinitely powerful. And that's where desire comes from. And that's where action comes from. And that's where results typically come from. So it's not really the thought, even though the thought is usually the seed. But emotion is what allows that seed to germinate and actually become something. Yeah, because emotion is the fuel for the thought. The thought is like an empty capsule in a way without the emotion. What fuels it is the emotion. And if you want to develop that sense more, I would say do basic exercises. Like one exercise I share always is go for a walk during lunchtime. Just Get out of the office if you're working in an office. It's nice to be out anyway if the weather is not too terrible. And then don't take your phone. Just go for a 10-minute walk and just let your body guide you which direction you should be walking. You know, just if you feel like turning right, turn right. If you feel like turning left, turn left and see what comes up. See what if you bump into someone or see if something happens or if it doesn't happen or if it feels good or not. How does it feel to be on that street right now under these conditions, which you can't ever repeat again? You know, it's just that unique moment you can experience. And in that way, by listening to your heart as well as your mind, you kind of strengthen those emotions and create more balance within. I think the second part to that, I love that idea and just going with it. But I think reflecting on it at the same time, or maybe even after the fact, and trying to label how you feel, or at least give, and I don't think there's a right, wrong, good, or bad way of doing that, but being able to put an identity to an emotion really allows us to recognize when we're feeling it or what we're feeling, and then how to how we decide we want to act because of that emotion. Yeah, and that's one of the things we don't usually do, naming emotions. If you think about it, we use such limited vocabulary when it comes to our emotions. Like, oh, I'm angry or I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm upset, I'm frustrated. Like you could really maybe come up with 50 phrases that we use to describe how we feel. Yet how we feel is, if we listen to it properly, is very complex. And yet we don't notice it. We have these ready-made boxes that we just shove the emotions in rather than really listen to the emotion and see what it is saying. To give you an example, for instance, if you think you're disappointed in someone, there could be so many different emotions under that disappointment. Like, are you disappointed because they didn't deliver something, they promised it, and you find that disrespectful? Are you disappointed because you feel neglected? Are you disappointed because this is going to have a major impact on 
your work or on your health or some other aspect of your life? So is that coming from a kind of anger or hurt or losing hope or losing trust? But we just stay with that initial level where, oh, I'm disappointed and label it and then that's it. We offer that level to the other person, which often triggers a defense reaction. Oh, I'm disappointed in you. Well, I did my best, didn't I? Yeah. Whereas if we could go deeper, we would enable the other person also share their perspective at a deeper level. For instance, oh, I'm disappointed because I feel like you don't care. And then the other person could check within and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I do care. I just couldn't deliver. And that's a whole different conversation that I'm disappointed. Oh, well, what can I do? What is it that Clive always says? He says to identify your emotion, but don't identify with it. Identify it, but don't identify with it. I love that. Me too. And it's just, we are not our emotions. We are not our thoughts. I actually thought the other day, after a big meal, our stomachs gurgle and make noises. You know, I've been alone and going for long walks and hearing all these thoughts in my mind and thinking, who is this or who are these people, according to internal family systems, talking, saying, I like this, I don't like this, or the weather is cold, I'm hot, all these thoughts. And also, who is listening to all these thoughts? And for a moment, I just smiled because I thought, well, just like my stomach makes noises, this is what my brain is doing, just generating these thoughts, this background noise. <laughs> when you think of, and you've talked about this in the past, the internal family systems, and you always think about who is saying this or where is this coming from, who's presenting this. But the one thing you just said that I took is you very rarely, or at least me anyway, maybe it's just me, I very rarely think, because I've thought of this stuff since you brought it up to me, is I wonder who's saying this, I wonder where this is coming from. But I've never really asked the question mm. of who's listening to this. What do you think? That's a big distinction mm -hmm. because there's two sides, right? I mean, it's not just the person who's communicating. It's the person who's being communicated to. Yeah. Because different people will take it different ways. It could be the same thing, the same emotion, but different people will name it differently and different people will experience it differently and because of that react differently and get different results. Absolutely. And that's why we said many, many times throughout this podcast that there's no good or bad emotion. It's just what matters is what you do with that emotion, how you respond to it, which is completely your interpretation. You know, someone can feel like, for example, jealousy. Someone can feel like, Oh, if my partner is jealous of me, I feel like I'm loved, I'm cared. So jealousy is not even negative. Somebody can be like, you don't trust me? Why are you jealous of me? That means you don't trust me. So it's just the same emotion. The interpretation is different. And once you realize that, and once you listen in, you know, once you develop that guidance within, you can choose how to interpret that. That's the second step. And you can choose the ways you find out about the ways that free you, that empower you, rather than the ways that bring you down. So you can hear a criticism in your mind and saying, oh, you just couldn't do it, no? Like, as always, you failed again, for instance. And then you can choose to hear, oh, you know, I'm being pushed down again, I'm a failure, 
or you can choose to interpret it as, well, I really want to be good at this. This voice is telling me, is saying that hopefully I will manage this. It's just saying it in a dysfunctional way. And that freedom to be who you are, that's like writing your own code, the code that you run on consciously. And it's incredibly powerful because the code we run on right now is the mishmash of so many things that we didn't choose from parenting to society to education system to our friends we just got one line here one line there and stitched it together and we've been using partially sometimes the same code since the age of four but once you become aware of what's running in your mind, you have the power to alter it. That's powerful. And that's something that most people don't even consider, let alone explore, because they just don't know, right? They just don't have the awareness. You know, you just show up and do what you do. But when you ask the questions and you do the work to find some answer that resonates with you, then you can actually make choices that determine what you want to experience rather than allowing circumstance to dictate everything. Yeah. And we don't know these things because nobody taught us. Nobody told us about these things. Like no one mentions anything about emotions at school. I studied 17 years in different countries and no one ever told me what to do when I'm angry or frustrated or when I feel down, how to deal with that. And that's why I love doing this podcast with you. And I'm grateful that you are there to kind of share this with me. And everyone is listening. Thank you so much. Because this is about creating that awareness. And if you really think that there is value in this, please share it. And just don't share the podcast, but share your emotions with people. And show them, your friends and family, that it is okay. You don't burden people when you talk about your emotions we have that perception it's a myth it actually makes you closer to one another because you're opening up because you are being vulnerable because you are being human that's such a powerful message Ela. thank you so much for that and for everything that you share on the podcast is there anything you want to leave listeners with before we sign off until the next episode well, unless it's in the middle of tonight, why not go for a walk, leave your phone, and just see where your feet take you? Especially if you see some do not enter signs, definitely go there. ignore them. <laughs> go in there. That means <laughs> go in there. <laughs> it's reverse psychology. They don't want you to enter because there's amazing things on the other side. <laughs> I thought so. You never know. <laughs> That's the eel away. But so thank you so much, Hila. This has been great. I just want to remind everyone before we go that we would love to hear from you and share, you know, what your takeaways are from this episode and from the podcast in general, especially when it comes to awareness and emotions and all of those things that we talk about, selecting your own path and choosing your own story. 424-625-5562 is that number. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com, and always visit the website peacefulease.com on a regular basis to see what's happening with peaceful ease Ela, thank you so much this has been fantastic and i look forward to speaking with you on the next episode thank you mario and everyone listening out there thank you for listening for Ela crane i'm mario pareca thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the peaceful ease podcast thank you for listening to the peaceful ease podcast 
If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.